Welcome to the teaching ministry of Rev. Daryl Baker, pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship. Pastor Baker is fulfilling the call of God on his life to preach the Word of God without compromise. Raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that Pastor Baker has to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Come on, go back to John 10. What are we talking about? Jesus stated it here in, the verse, in verse 27. We're going to read it. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Now, we've already had two parts in this series last two Wednesday nights. I need to try to do what I can to catch you up real quick. First of all, it's very clear. Let's read the verse. And then you'll see I'm not just stating it. You'll actually see it from Jesus' own lips. John 10, if you're there, say amen. amen. Verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. That's an absolute. He didn't say they kind of do, maybe sort of. Some do, some don't. No, he said, my sheep hear my voice. I know a lot of Christians don't hear the voice of Jesus. So he can't just be talking about people being born again. Could he? I said, could he? I said, could he? Obviously, not just saying if you're born again, you hear my voice. If you're born again, you have the ability. But who is it that actually, without a doubt, hears his voice? His sheep do. And I know them. That's the next phrase that reveals what the sheep thing is all about. The phrase, I know them, means I have intimate relationship with them. Well, right there reveals to you a lot of Christians don't have intimate relationship with God. They're therefore not really sheep. They're born again. But they're not really in this phrase context what he's saying sheep. And therefore, they're not hearing his voice. But notice what else they do. They follow me. So a believer who hears the voice of Jesus not only has intimate relationship with Jesus, they walk in his footsteps. They live the kind of life he lived. They live out what God has planned for their life. The word sheep here means to be under the care of another. Right. To be under the care of another. Once you're born again, it doesn't mean you're under God's care because you can still do your own thing. You can still make your own decisions. You can still choose to live out your plan, what you want. I had a plan for my life. It wasn't God's. Even after I got born again, I was still pursuing what I wanted to do. What made me happy. What I got true joy and contentment out of. But guess what? It wasn't God's plan. Brother Hagen at one time, who we talk a lot about, knew he was called into ministry. He thought he was going to actually be housed out of Garland, Texas. They had a home they were renting. They were going to buy the home, turn it into their offices, and that was going to be his actual ministry headquarters that he was going to house out of. But guess what? Brother Hagin found out that wasn't God's plan. He had gone to Tulsa for some meetings, Tulsa, Oklahoma. A good friend of his that was on his board that lived there, he said, I happen to know Till Osborne's offices are here. They haven't sold in over a couple years, and they just want to get this minimal amount for them. Man, we can get a great deal on them. You could house out of Tulsa. You know what Brother Hagin said? Nope, got a good plan. Brother Hagin did. Got a good plan. Me and Aretha, we got a good plan. We think it's a good plan. Praise God, going to stay there in Garland. Going to buy this house, have our offices out of Garland. But guess what? That wasn't God's plan. And what Brother Hagen learned was in every decision of life, you better make sure you have the witness and the word to back up what you're doing. Because if God leads you, guess what you're going to do? You're going to walk out a success in life, what God has for you to do. 
A lot of Christians aren't succeeding in life. Now, I promise you right now, if you're living a stressed life, you're not in God's plan. If you're worried, you're not in God's plan. If you're frustrated, you're not in God's plan. Paul walked in God's plan. This guy was threatened every day to be killed. You know what he called those things? Light afflictions. You want to know why? He was in God's plan. Hopefully I'm waking some of you up. See, if you're living a life that you just feel so frustrated and stressed and wore out, let me help you. You're not in God's plan. You're out of God's plan. In some way, you're out of God's plan. God's plan doesn't wear you out. God's plan empowers you. You listening? Times are refreshing in the presence of the Lord. If I'm walking out of God's plan, I'm getting refreshed and strengthened. I'm not getting weaker. You listening? I'm getting stronger. Guys like Sumrall who lived out God's plan. This man could run rings around most men half his age. They couldn't keep up with him. You want to know why? He was in God's plan. He was doing what God called him to do. He wasn't some super, super duper, you know, special, uh, you know, child of God to God that God gave him all this power and ability. No, he just walked out God's plan. What if you did? What if you did? Turn real quick, if you would, while I'm talking to uh, to, uh, Let's go to Proverbs 19 again. Proverbs 19. Oh, let me help you with some verses this morning. Proverbs 19. Listen, man, you're going to see in just a minute God had a plan plan for you before you were born. This plan doesn't just involve overall what you do with your life. Included. It it, it includes how you raise your kids. God's got a plan. It includes how you live your daily life. God's got a plan. You can say all day long that the context of what happens in the earth of sadly people dying early, dying young, whatever. Well, I guess that was just God's plan. No, it wasn't. No, if God wanted to remove you from the planet, guess what he'd have done? He'd just taken you out of your spirit, uh, taken you out of your body. He just removed your spirit. He didn't need to bring a disease, a sickness, or a car crash to take you to heaven. God's not the author of those things. Now, if you're born again, thank God they went to heaven. I'm not faulting anybody. I'm just trying to explain to you. What Brother Hagin lived, what Lester Sumrall lived, what John G. Lake lived, what our pastor lives, what all my spiritual context of those who have helped me, spiritual leadership have taught me. You learn to be led by God, you'll succeed in life. And it don't mean you don't face challenges. You listening? The children of Israel were right in the will of God coming up to the Red Sea. It certainly did not look like we were walking in God's plan. We're stuck. There's a Red Sea in front of us. What do we do now? God already had a plan. God had already walked through that Red Sea for us. All they had to do is know they were in the will of God. Do what God told them to do. What if Moses wouldn't have left the staff? They'd have been dead. Well, that must have been God's plan for them to die out there before the Red Sea. No. If, if Moses wouldn't have heard from God and obeyed God, done what God told him to do, they wouldn't have experienced God's plan. You can't go through life and say, God bless what I'm doing. That's not how it works. You got to say, God, am I doing what you want me to do? Here's why. Guess what? You don't have to ask God to bless your plan. You get it on his, it's blessed. Amen. We have to cry out to God to bless what you're doing if you're walking in God's plan. Why? He didn't cause a quote-unquote unblessed plan set up for you to, to happen. He caused a blessed plan for you to happen. Amen. I don't have time to go there. Jeremiah 29, 11, if it's true of the Old Testament saints, uh, Old Testament uh, Israel, it's true for us. We got better promises in the New Testament. Amen. You know what he said? I have plans for you of a future and a hope. Plans to do you good. Now, does he have worse plans for you? No, he doesn't. Why are people not walking in it? They have not learned how to follow the leading of God to walk out God's plan. Let me give you several reasons why people don't succeed in life and walk out what God has. Number one, they don't know what his plan is. 
They've never taken time to truly find out for sure. How do we hear from God? How do we actually uh, get led by God? We'll get more into this in detail later in this series. But how do we do that? The Word and the witness. The Word of God and the witness of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people do stuff. They've never had a witness of the Holy Spirit about that in their heart. And or things they say God wants them to do doesn't line up with the Word. There's people that want to go into ministry full time. And five old leadership around them say, you're not called. They go anyway. That's not in line with the word. Pastor had a guy in his church. This guy kept telling Dr. Barclay, I know I'm called to pastor. No, you're not. Well, I don't care what you say. I know I'm called to pastor. I'm telling you, as your pastor, I'll guarantee you by the Holy Spirit, I got a word for you, son. You're not called to pastor. So you know what he did? He left. And all of a sudden, a few weeks later, one day, they have a, a call come to the church, and lo and behold, it's this guy's wife. Guess where she's at? She's at the park downtown. Is Dr. Barclay there? He was there. Well, can I talk to him? Yeah. So he gets on the phone. He said, uh, he said hey, darling, what can I help you with? He, she said, have you seen my husband? Mm-hmm. Let me back up. Let me rewind the story a little bit. I'm a little ahead of myself. So before she called, guess who shows up at the church in a brand new Corvette? This same guy. Guess who's in his car? Ain't his wife. Right. Some young chick. He pulls up, pastor sees him pull up. He wants to talk to pastor. He didn't let him come in. He went out and said, what are you doing? I'm going to preach. Even though you won't endorse me, I'm going to preach. God called me to pastor. I'm going to preach. Now you can say, well, I would never ditch my wife to go preach. Once you start heading down a pathway of deception, you don't realize of all the things it'll cause you to do. He said, what are you doing? I'm going to preach. Who's the gal in the car? Well, she's my new girlfriend. Huh? She's my new girlfriend. What about your wife and kids? No, they don't want me in the ministry, so I'm going on. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what God told me to do. I'm not going to let anybody stop me from doing what God told me to do. He said, you're a nut. You're a nut. He said, you're going to crash, fall flat on your face, man. You're going to destroy your life and destroy everything about your family. That's what you want to do. I'm going to obey God. I knew you wouldn't. I knew you, you, you senior preachers who think you're somebody big, always telling everybody what they should do and shouldn't do. Bless God. We don't, by the way, but this is what he's saying. And, and he said, you're not going to tell me what to do. I said, well, that's obvious. You're going to do what you want. Jumped in his car and took off. Then the call came from his wife a while later. And she said, have you seen my husband? Well, yeah. Do you know where he's at? Not totally. Well, can you tell me what's going on? He came by here in a brand new Corvette. What? Yeah. Well, he dropped me and the kids off several hours ago at the park. Said he'd be right back. Sorry, darling. He ain't coming back. We'll send a family to get you, bring you to the church. And I'll explain all this to you. Let me help you. In relationship to the word and the witness, you can say you got a witness, but if it ain't aligned with the word, you're out of line. Thank you for your amends about that. There are things the Bible does tell us. Guess who's the author of that book? The same one who gives you the inner witness, Holy Spirit, called the Spirit of Truth. Guess guess what you got in your hand? You got the book of truth? You listening? You know how many people I've had come to me for counseling, for marriage things and different issues of their life and stuff, and I tell them what the Bible says? Well, I know that's what the Bible says, but here we go. I know God's told me different. Oh, he goes contrary to the word. I didn't know that. Somewhere something changed in this new covenant that I didn't see. Somehow I missed that. No, he doesn't go contrary to the word. 
So if we walk in the plan of God, guess what? Doesn't mean things go the way we want. Matter of fact, it'll probably never go the way you want. Guess what I didn't think I'd be doing today? What I'm doing right now? Right? Becky went to Mesquite last night. Made me think of all the Saturday nights. I went and rode at Mesquite. I posted a video. Here's what I used to do on my Saturday nights. <laughs> on a bull at Mesquite. But you know what? That wasn't God's plan. Was sure what I wanted. I'm serious. It was sure what I wanted. I was chasing it with everything within me. I was getting everything I got to go after that plan. See, you could have something you could even think of God and seems good. It might actually do a work for God. may not be God. You still here? Yes. You know how many websites I've built for other ministries? You know how many of those websites God never told me to build? You know when I all of a sudden got so caught up with all these websites and I didn't have time to do what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm crying out to God, say, I don't get it, man. I need some extra helpers or whatever. He said, no, you don't. You need to do what I told you to do. You don't need extra helpers. You just need to obey what I told you to do. I never told you to build a... I, hey, those are for ministries. That's for helping the work of God. But guess what? If I wasn't called to do it, Preaching better than your amen. See, if God didn't tell me to build them, guess what that does? That pulls me out of what he did have for a plan for my life. You can even get sidetracked and deceived by Satan and think what you're doing is good. And if it ain't God's will, guess what? You're out of the will and the plan of God, and therefore you're not going to succeed. Let me give you several things as to why people don't walk out in the plan of God. One, they don't know it, as I just said. Two, they're not willing to hear it. They got their own plan still. They got their own thing they want to do. And when God's speaking to them, trying to tell them, this is what I want you to do, they keep trying to go back to their plan. So they don't want to hear it. They know they, they may have had confirmation in their heart. They may have had that witness in their heart at some point, but yet they keep drifting back to what they want to do. So they don't do what? They know what God said, number two, but guess what they don't do? They don't stick with it. They don't give themselves fully to it. Find out what God wants you to do and give yourself fully to it. Amen. You listening? Number, the final one, number three, the only other thing that would keep them from walking out God's plan is that they simply just do, refuse to do what God told them to do. One, they either don't know. Two, they know, but they just won't stay with it. Or three, guess what? They just refuse. They don't care. Even though they know, they just refuse to do it. Well, the number two part is important because even if you know what God wants you to do, guess what you got to do? Stay consistent. Got to give yourself to it. Guess what I've had to do as a pastor? I had to keep realigning myself back with what God had for my life as a pastor and get away from all these other things of ministry that God never called me to. I know things that I've had a witness in my spirit. My pastors looked at me and prophesied the same exact things that I'm still not doing. You want to know why? Because I'm not allowing myself to deal with things in a way that I need to in some areas to say, you know what, God, I'm not doing that anymore because you didn't tell me to. If God didn't tell you, let me help you. You don't want to do it. Amen. I said, you don't want to do it. Are you in Proverbs 19 yet? Yes. Stall as long as I could. Verse 20, listen to counsel. What kind? Let's find out. Listen to counsel, receive instruction. What kind of instruction? Let's find out. He goes on to say that you may be what? Wise in your latter days. See, this is the problem. A lot of people don't want to stick with what God said, realizing, not realizing that that is going to take time to cause you to walk out wisdom in your life. When you start walking out God's plan, not, it isn't like instantly everything changes. Right. Takes time to accumulate wisdom. Yeah. Takes time to get further understanding. But he's saying if you get proper counsel and instruction, what will you be in your latter days? Wise. You'll be wise. How many want to be wise in your latter days? Yes. No, verse 21, there are many plans in a man's heart. Say, I have many plans. Many plans. The heart here doesn't refer to your spirit man. The heart here refers to the center of your uh, intellect, yeah. your soul, your mind, your will. 
Guess what you have? Many plans. But guess what they're not? They're not God's. Because this is referring to the plans of man, not God's. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, it is the Lord's counsel. It is the Lord's purpose. I like this because he didn't use the same word as plan here. The word actually means it's the Lord's intention for you. It's what he intended for you all along. What he intended, that will do what? That will stand. That doesn't mean you don't face hard times, but guess what you do? You keep on keeping on. Can I get a better amen? God has shown me many times. You want to know why you're still here 33 years later? Yes, sir, because you're, you're obeying what I told you to do. You'll keep on standing. You'll keep succeeding if you just follow me. I remember one time a young minister asked Dr. Summerall, Dr. Summerall, what has God told you recently to do? Nothing. <laughs> what? I mean, he just responded that quick. Nothing. What do you mean? He said he doesn't have to tell me anything else to do. Why? Because he hasn't changed anything for me to do since he originally told me what I'm supposed to do. So I keep doing what he told me I'm supposed to do. And until he changes it, I'm just going to keep doing what he told me to do. So you hadn't heard from God in years? You didn't ask me that question. I hear from God all the time. You said, what has God recently told me to do? Nothing. Why would he need to reiterate what he's already told me? He don't need to tell me again and again. You got to tell a little child again and again and again. You listening? Hey, honey, don't do that. Come on, stand back up. See, if you're a child, you got to be told that way. But if you're not, you don't need to be told. Once God reveals it to you, guess what he expects? He expects you to do it. Guess who's going to empower you to do it? The one that told you. I like this. This is powerful in another translation. The eternal's plan will prevail. Why? God's eternal. The Lord is eternal. The phrase there is eternal. Nevertheless, the eternal's what? The eternal's plan. His intention. What will it do? It will prevail. Say it'll prevail. It doesn't always look like it will. There's been times that I thought we wouldn't make it as a ministry. I remember our pastor talking about this. Even Ray bringing it back up in conversations we had. Wasn't Ray good last weekend? Even conversations we had while he was here, we were, it reminded me of some stuff pastor told me about. There was a time in pastor's ministry, he looked Ray in the face, he said, I don't know how we're going to make it to tomorrow. I don't know how we're going to have enough bills to even make it to uh, money, uh, money to make it to tomorrow with all the bills we have stacked up, piled up. But I know this, I'm telling you, Ray Bench, I'm just going to keep doing what God told me to do. Ray Bench says, the greatest thing I respect about my pastor more than anything else is he's never swerved off of the track of what God told him to do. Amen. And guess where his ministry is today? Yes. What if he'd have quit? That's right. See, a lot of Christians, man, even if they start down the plan of God, all of a sudden it gets a little hard. You want to know why it's hard? Because it's not your plan. Right. Why is that hard? Because your flesh don't like it. Right. It's not always easy. comes with challenges. You think the devil's going to let you walk out God's plan and say, back off, demons. Just move aside. There ain't God's plan now. Just let him go. No. You want to know why our pastor is shaking nations today? You know, you want to know why he has thousands of other leaders under him today? Because he didn't stop doing what God told him to do. Even at times that he wanted to. There's two times in my life, I've told you this, turn to Isaiah 55. There was two times in my life when I called my pastor directly. I'll never forget one of them. I can see it today. I was sitting out, on, out in front of our house, walking around out there actually, in, our, in one of our houses in Keller, I'm walking around out in front of this garage. I said, I got to call pastor, man. I called him up. I said, pastor, I'm done. 
I'm done. I'm not doing what God called me to do. This is not what God called me to do. I know you said I'm supposed to be a pastor, but I'm telling you, the way things are going. See, what do we look at? How things are going. The way things are going, this can't be God. This cannot be God. Things aren't working out. Da, da, da. I'm having all kinds of problems with these people. All kinds of issues. Da, 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 da. Nobody seems to get it. Nobody seems to want to learn. Nobody wants to grow. I said, listen, man, I just want to come to Midland, Michigan. You're my pastor. I know that. And I'll never leave you as my pastor. The moment my heart got that confirmation at that meeting at Copeland's, I've never turned away from knowing who my pastor was, and I never will. Unless you get in sin, I'll never leave you. Right. You're my pastor. I know this biblically. But you know what? I'd, much be, I'd be much happier if I just came to Midland and just become a part of the church family, find a job, get to serve right there with all the great people in Midland. And he said, and if you did it, you would curse my ministry and you'd curse your life. Huh? You'd curse my ministry and you'd curse your life. Why? You'd be out of the will of God and so would I. Is that what you want? No, sir. Then do what God told you to do. I didn't get this. It's okay, son. It's all right. No, I got a general's word to say, you go do, son. I've been doing it long enough at that point. You go do, son, what God told you to do. You're not quitting. Got it? Amen. You're not quitting. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> amen? amen? I said amen? amen. You got to understand, folks, it doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges. But thank God we can walk out what God has for life. And I'm not just talking ministry. I'm talking about raising your kids. I just don't know if I can raise these kids. You kidding me? Do it God's way. Do it according to God's guidance. God's leading. You can do it. Doesn't mean it's not going to come out of challenges. Some of you are seeing the fruits of your labor. Amen? Some of you parents got some incredible kids in this church, man. And you're, you stuck with it. You're seeing the fruits of your labor. Isaiah 55, you still with me? Verse 8, God said. Say God said. Notice this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Guess what? You got thoughts, they ain't God's. See, I want this reality to hit us. I'm taking my time on purpose going through this series. We already touched on these verses, Pastor. Yeah, we need to hear them again. Because most of us think our thoughts are God's thoughts. Well, my thoughts certainly must be God's thoughts because I love God. No, he said your thoughts aren't his. There's two types of thoughts in the earth. There's yours and God's. Three, actually, others too, but you know what I'm saying. Say there's mine, and then there's God's. Whose do you want? Guess what yours aren't? Guess what yours aren't? Yours aren't God's. Guess what God's aren't? They're not yours. Guess what I need to do? Forget about my thoughts. Guess what I need to get? His thoughts. I need to quit saying, hey, I got my thought on this. No, you don't. Get rid of that. Just find out what does God think about it. And say, well, this is what God thinks. That's what I'm going to think. Come on, somebody. That's how Jesus lived. I don't say anything except what I say, except what I hear the Father say. How I many you know Jesus had his own thoughts? How I many you know he had his own thoughts? You listening? He had his own thoughts. How about in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, Father. Well, he had his own thoughts. But guess what he didn't go by? Why? That wasn't the Father's. He came as man on the earth. Say, my thoughts aren't God's. Watch this, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Guess what? You got your ways, and then there's God's way. Amen. You can claim your way is God's way, but if it ain't for sure, then you don't know if you're in God's way. You better find out if you're in God's way or not. Amen. Why? Because of the next verse. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways what? How many want to live a higher form of life? 
It doesn't mean you don't come against challenges. You rise above them. They don't stop you. They don't affect you. You don't think like normal humans. You rise above it. You see things beyond it. You don't allow it to interfere with what God wants you to do. Why? Because his ways are what? Higher than your ways. His thoughts are what? Higher than yours. Verse 10, notice this. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven, say, thank you for the rain, Lord. As the rain comes down and snows, snow from heaven and it doesn't return back to heaven, it waters the earth. What's its purpose? Water the earth. So it can do what? So it can actually accomplish what God put these things on the earth to do, to be productive, to be productive, to be successful. You listening? And it notice it makes, uh, as it waters the earth, it make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 11, so my word Notice this, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. God is not having a problem talking to you. God is having a problem getting you to hear him. Quit praying for the third time and the third time we've talked on this message because I've done it. Quit praying, God, if you just speak to me, that does you no good. God's speaking, you're just not learning to listen. God is an intelligent being. God right now can answer every prayer going up to heaven at the same time. Know where you are. Know what's coming up in your day today. Know what's coming up in everybody's day today on the planet. Know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next week, and the next month. And he can do that all at one time. God's far beyond your ability to understand multitasking. Some of us have a problem chewing gum and walking at the same time. God don't have that problem. I said, God don't have that problem. You listening? So he says clearly in verse 11, if, if my word goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me void. It's got to return. It's got to return. If it does, it will not what? It will not return to him void. It will do what? What will it do? Accomplish what I please and it shall do what? Tell me. Out loud, please. Prosper means to succeed. It will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God has a plan for my life. Say it. God has a plan for my life. Say this. My plans are not God's plans. My thoughts are not God's thoughts. My ways are not God's ways. I got to get rid of my thoughts, my plans, my ways, and find His. Why? They prosper. They succeed. How do we get them? By hearing from Him. If you'll hear my word, take a hold of it, and start acting on it, guess what it does? It's now being actually brought out in faith. And as it's brought out in faith, it doesn't return to him void. It succeeds. It accomplishes for what he sent it. The reason Christians aren't succeeding today is because they either don't know how to hear God. Many don't. I get it. They don't. They don't know how to follow God and or they just choose to do their own thing. But what if we heard from God and did what he told us to do daily? Ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows the event of the trade towers in the world. Everybody knows what happened on that day of 9-11. There are so many testimonies. I've heard them directly from the individual on actual video recordings. I've, I've read them in statements. There are so many recordings of Christians. Christians died in that building. Not one believer had to die that day in the trade towers. Not one. God doesn't fly planes into a building to kill you to take you off the planet. Are you listening? Yes, sir. Who was it behind what happened on the, in the trade? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. not God. 
Many testimonies. One guy, he said, you know, I was headed to work. I walked to, to work. I, I, get a, I get a transit to this area, get off the train. I walked the rest of the way to work. I was headed to the train towers. I could see him. He said something in me that day. Because, listen, guess what he actually backs up and talks about later. I took my normal time in the morning to get in the Word and spend some time with God. And I was fellowshipping with him, and I left, I left the house. I'm on my way to work, thinking about going to work, and something inside me rose up. And <clears throat> right. said, turn aside <clears throat> into this little coffee and donut shop. He said, I don't eat donuts. I don't eat donuts. <laughs> he didn't have a voice. Hey, turn aside, go get a donut, grab a cup. No, he said, something rose up inside me. What's that? The witness. It was just something telling me, I need to stop and get a donut. And he thought, no, I eat healthy. I'm not eating a donut. Get a donut. It got more authoritative. Get a donut. He thought, okay. He pulls aside. He goes in there. He grabs a coffee, sits down, gets a donut, had some time to get to work. And while he's sitting there sipping on his coffee and eating a donut, guess what happened? First plane hit the tower. I've heard of testimonies of people who actually got in the tower early, started up the actual stairs, and some told, get out of here now. One of them actually said it was like an audible voice. Get out of here now. Now. And they immediately went down, didn't know why, went down, got to the floor, and before they got halfway down the block, the first, first plane hit the tower. If you don't understand the importance of walking in God's plan, not only will you live frustrated, but you open the door for Satan to take advantage of your life. You're trying to scare us. No, I'm not. I'm trying to help you understand reality. Nobody had to die that day that was a believer. Nobody. You're telling me God by the Spirit wasn't trying to reveal to all of them not to go? Why did some hear and some didn't? I'll tell you why. Some were listening. Some were not. There were people later who actually knew of family members who died in the actual crash who called them after the plane hit the tower. And they couldn't get out. And they died. You know what they told them? Something told me not to come to work today, but they didn't obey it. There's all kinds of these tests. I'm not making them up. These are people, these are family members sharing these testimonies and people that actually experienced it. Your God's so good, he already knew that was going to happen. Why didn't he stop it? He gave man a free will. He gave man a free will to do what he wants. But guess what God can do in this life? Walk you through all of the landmines of this life. Do you understand that? Do you understand the book of Acts? When they're first learning how to fall, we're going to get there eventually in this series. I'm not going to rush through this series because this is something you better learn quick. Peter all of a sudden wakes up and says, come on, we need to, no, Paul, we need to go on and preach the gospel over at Athens. You know what the Bible says? The Holy Spirit constrained him. What if they'd have gone on? What if they wouldn't have stopped? What if they thought, no, I'm, I'm to preach the gospel in all the world. That's what they told me to do. Athens is part of the world. Do you know if he'd have gone there that day, he could have died early? God didn't want him there. Holy Spirit did what? Constrained him. He was following the witness. Come on, somebody. Next day, they tried to go to Bithynia. Same thing. On the way, same thing. Holy Spirit starts constraining him. It would have been easy. We'll get to that later. But it would have been easy for his company to say, this Paul, he's a nut. He don't even know where he's going. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was following the leading of the Holy Spirit exactly the way God directed him to go. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not just for apostles. The guide's been given to all. Say the guide has been given to all. 
All who are born again. So God's plan, notice this, I want you to get this out of these verses. God's plan received and acted upon will do what? Succeed. Verse 11. So shall my word be go- that goes forth from my mouth. What would that be? That include God's plan. It will not return void because it will do what? Accomplish what I please. It will do what? It will succeed in the thing for which I sent it. What does God's plan do? It accomplishes what pleases him, not you. <laughs> what pleased me 20 plus years ago was getting on the back of a bull and trying to hang on for eight seconds. That pleased you, pastor? I don't know why. I like the challenge. You listening? God takes the foolish things of the world, that'd be me, to confound the wise. Any good amens on that? Because we all have acted like fools doing our own thing. I had a plan and I was working my plan. It was a good plan, I thought. Even after I got born again met Kathy, I still thought, hey, okay, so I might do some ministry while I travel like Coy does. I got a plan. I got a good plan. I think it's a good plan, God. But it wasn't God's plan. Amen. Wasn't God's plan. Now, I know some people, since I pastored, probably wishes I would stay with my plan. But I'm just telling you, that wasn't God's plan. Amen. Any good amens on that? Amen. Proverbs 3, you still with me? Yes. Look at these verses, man. These are awesome. This should want to encourage you, so challenge you to say, I'm getting in on every part of this series I can. I'm going to learn how to follow God's leading for my life. Because the truth is, sadly, most Christians are not. They are not. They don't know how. Some, some honestly, they've just never been taught. Well, you're in the right place, man, because you're going to be taught how. I'm going to show you many times you don't realize God's been speaking to you, and you didn't even realize it. Didn't even realize it was him. Proverbs chapter 3. You're still with me, right? Yes. Proverbs 3, 5. You ready? Yes. Trust in the Lord with how much? All. How much? All. All your heart. Now, this phrase heart here again is not referring to the Spirit. You know that by the next statement. And lean not on your own. So what's he referring to? The soul. Where understanding comes from. So the phrase heart there is not your spirit, man. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord with all your soul. Mind, will, and emotions. By what? Leaning not on your own understanding. If I lean on my own understanding, what I'm doing? Going by my plan. If I'm leaning on my own understanding, what am I doing? Going by what I think. What I know. Think about this, man. Your knower is so limited, but God's isn't. He knows everything. When you go by your understanding, guess what you're doing? You're living a much lower life, not the higher life that his ways and plans produce. Because he's unlimited. He's not hindered by anything. Anybody going to get excited about that? Amen. Verse 6, in some of your ways. All your ways. Huh? All what? All really? Your, your Bible says that? Yes, huh. Wow. I thought mine said in some. No. How many? All. Are you sure? Yes. Shout it at me one time. All. Give me a text that says all. all. In all your ways. What would all your ways be? Raising your kids? What you do with your money? What you do every day? Where you go to work? What your plans are, what your future's about, all your ways, all your ways. Do what? Acknowledge him. You're not going to like it. Your diet, what you eat, what you look at, what you listen to. God wants you to succeed in life. I said, God wants you to succeed in life. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Underline that word acknowledge. Because the word acknowledge here means to recognize him. 
If I recognize him, what am I recognizing? What's his plan? If I recognize him, I won't mess with your lunch today. Uh All right? If I recognize him when I sit down at lunch today, guess what I do? If I I recognize him in all my ways, (laughs) people are going to love this one, Lord. If I recognize him in all my ways, then that means I look at the menu and say, okay, God, what do you want me to eat today? See, I knew I wouldn't get any amends on that. I knew it. In all your ways. Doesn't that include what you eat? I love something Dr. Colbert says. If I could teach people early on when they're young as believers to treat their food like medicine, when they get older, they would need no medicine. I'm not getting against anybody on that. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you the truth. If you take care of this body physically while you're younger, most of us, I didn't either. You kidding me? I lived on honey buns in school. What about you, man? Three, four honey buns for lunch, man, and a Dr. Pepper. Woo-hoo! That's like every day. I was a young growing boy. Come on. Skinny as a rail. Couldn't put on any weight. minute I ate it, man, my metabolism ate it up. I got to have another one. I lived on cheese crisps. What's that? Go to Arizona. You'll find out. They're good. Used to make them all the time at lunch when I'd go down to the house. I lived on junk food. Well, guess what? That's affected my life today to some degree. Because you can't keep doing harm to your body in relationship to things you eat and not think it's not going to have an effect somewhere. I'll get off your diet. You don't like that. I just obeyed God. The, the Lord brought the example to me. If you want to get upset, get mad at him. I'm just listening to what he brought to my heart. Uh, again, do what? Acknowledge him in how many? Always. And do what? Lean not on your? Understanding. Six. In all your ways, again, recognize. Yes. Recognize. He will do what? Verse six. He will do what? What's the last part? Tell me out loud, please. Tell me out loud, please. He shall direct your paths. Wow. If I will recognize from my inner man and the word of God about what he wants in all my ways, who's now directing my path? God is. (laughs) Guess who's leading me down the path of success? God is. Why? Because I'm recognizing him in every decision and how I think and what I see and where I go and how I live, who I hang with, who I don't hang with. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to walk out my plan, God, and you're going to bless it. No, he won't. He can't. If he blesses your plan, he's leading you in a place of actual defeat and saying it's a blessing, and it's not. God's plan succeeds, not yours. But I got to acknowledge him in what? You sure about that? Give it to me one more time. Oh. All my ways. What if we did that? He would direct our path. He would direct our diet path. He would direct our raising of our kids path. He would direct our aspects of our marriage path. He would direct our walk of faith path. He would direct our lifestyle choices path. Come on, Come on somebody. Come on. And what would happen? We would walk in victory because guess what his pathway leads to? Success. Success. Listen to the Amplified in this. Verse 5 and 6 of the Amplified. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insider understanding. So if I'm not going by my own insider understanding, guess what I have found out? God's. Do you have God's insight in what you're doing? I'm going to show you how to get it. In all your ways, do what? Know, recognize, and acknowledge Him. 
In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. He will direct and make straight your paths. Because now you're on the straight path that God has for you that leads to Zoe life. Broad is the gate that goes to destruction. Narrow is the gate which leads to this life. Sadly, few will find it because they won't choose to do things God's way. That's not you. Well, I'd like a little more encouraging response to that. I said, that's not you. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Just laying a foundation of how significant this is. Well, I just want to know how to hear God's voice. I want you to understand the significance of it first. I want you to see clearly that the Bible, how many verses are there on this? Tons. Over and over and over, God tells you this. He tells you again and again and again and again. Your plan, my plan. Your way, my way. Your thought, my thought. But if you'll go my way, if you'll be led by me, if you'll learn how to follow my inward witness and the word of God, guess what you'll do? You'll succeed. You'll prosper. You'll walk in victory. Everybody in this room that's lacking victories in their life is lacking victories at this point primarily, not only, but one of the primary reasons for most is because they don't know what God's trying to direct them to do. If you'll find out what God's trying to direct you to do in that situation, guess what you're going to wind up seeing? Success. It works. It's worked for everybody in the Bible. I said it's worked for everybody in the Bible. Those who listened did what God told them. Guess what? Success. Those who didn't, failure. Hardship. Ephesians 2.10. You're still with me? For, Kathy quoted this Wednesday night, we are his what? Tell me. See, I'm glad about that. So this referring to those who are born again. We're his workmanship. We've been made by him. Created in Christ Jesus. What were created for? Tell me. Good works. What's that? God's. God's plan. We were created for good works. Watch, watch. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God pre-planned a plan for you. God pre-planned a plan for you. What's that plan? It's good. Well, I'd sure like to know it. You can stay in this series and you can learn how to follow the leading of God. Walk in that plan. God doesn't give you everything in one view to see everything you're supposed to do with your life. Guess what he's going to tell you to do? Here's what you do today. You will know some things that he, the Holy Spirit can reveal for you things to come. You will know some things. I know he re, that building's not here yet, but I know he's already revealed it's coming. So he'll reveal some things to come, but you've got to keep obeying him today to get even to the things that will come. Can I get a better amen? If you miss him today, you're getting out of line with the things to come for the tomorrows. Thank God we can get back on track. You know how many times I've gotten off track? How many times I've gotten off track? You know how merciful God is? I didn't intend to. Watch this in the Amplified. You ready? Amplified says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works, watch, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths, us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. He already prepared a path for you to walk on. That don't mean you're walking on it, but he prepared it. I said he prepared it. That we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. You're not going to shout about that? You know, I think about what, you know, uh, I'm so grateful for everything everybody does in our church. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. But like just recently as an example, you know, so you take Caleb, for example, coming out here with his son. 
him and, and, and they, Clayton, they came out here and worked and worked and worked in the middle of the heat to put that new little pathway in out there. Right? Guess what they did for their pastor? They prepared a pathway for me to walk on. So I don't have to walk in the mud. Thank you for rain, Lord. No mud out there. When it rains, it'd just be a muddy mess. And if I had to get to that storage out there, man, I had to walk through all the tramp, through all the mud, go through all the mud, get out there, get what I need, come back in, I have to spend time cleaning my shoes. But I don't have to do that anymore. I can take the prearranged pathway. Or I can choose to go around it. Oh, I think I like going through the bigger gate today. I don't want to go through the small gate. I'm going to go through the big gate. And guess what I'm going to wind back, back up in? The mud. There's a pathway prepared. What are you walking in today? Mud or the pathway God chose for you? He prepared a pathway. Every day I walk out there, man, I say, thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Caleb. Woo! Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Caleb. Praise God. I don't have to walk through all the dirt and everything get my shoes all dirty. Back up to Ephesians 1. We, we touched on this one Wednesday night. I'll, I'll close here. Ephesians chapter 1. I'll use a couple examples real quick because I want to use some examples through this series. Ephesians chapter 1. Listen carefully, please. You got to really zoom in, zero in on these verses. They're not like that difficult to understand, but you got to pay attention to what's being said. You can just read right over it and miss it. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him, in who? Christ, in Jesus. In him also we have obtained what? Guess what? God's already planned for you down that pathway. An inheritance. This ain't, this inheritance is not just heaven. That's a given. This is talking about what you have to inherit here now. You know what the Bible says? When you get to heaven, you'll be an heir of God. When you get to heaven, you'll be a joint heir with Jesus. No, it's not what it says. Some of you are waking up. Just making sure you're paying attention. Well, the Bible says you are heirs of God. Not going to be. You are joint heirs with Jesus. You have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. In Jesus, we also have obtained an inheritance. Does that include healing? Does that include blessing? Yeah. Does that include everything we need to do, what we need to do in this life? Yeah. Notice it. But here's why a lot of people ain't getting it. You ready? Being predestined. He pre-planned it for us. According to the purpose of him. Who works all things. How does he work all these things? Underline it please. According to the counsel of his will. Oh. How do I walk in this predestined, pre-prepared purpose of God's inheritance he has available to me? I have to do it according to the counsel of his will. What if I don't go by the counsel of his will? No inheritance. God can't bless your plan. Sorry, you got to do this God's way. God predestined a path for you to take. God predestined an inheritance for you to have. And if you don't walk under the counsel of his will, what's the counsel of his will? He's leading you. He's leading you in what he wants you to do. That's the counsel of his will. What if you're not following the counsel? He counsels you. How many of the Holy Spirit's also your counselor? And he gives you leadership to help you. He counsels you in his will. What if I choose to not receive the counsel of his will? You ready? No inheritance. You still got it. Still available, but you won't experience it. What does that tell you? God can't bless your way of doing things. He's blessed mine. You sure it's God? What do you mean by he's blessed yours? Well, I've seen lots of money come at times. Different things. Well, the mob's got lots of money. You listening? 
Bad people got lots of money. They ain't walking in the will of God. I heard a recent testimony of a gal who claims to be a Christian witch. There ain't no such thing. And she has a coven and she does all these spells and all these different things and stuff. And she took a whole group of her coven multiple times to a big church. Very well-known church. And she goes, both times she's gone there, she's gotten prophecies from ladies in the church. And the ladies in the church who are part of this church, represents this church, prophesied to her. You know what they told her? I mean, this is her own statement. I read it from her own hand. She has a blog. What are you doing reading witches' statement? I, did, I wasn't. Somebody, let, somebody informed me about this, of what was going on in this church, and the fact they even got prophecies being given to people that are witches. And so I go read her statement. She said, I'm so excited to know that God accepts me in my new walk, what I'm doing now, that, that I'm a Christian witch, that I actually ha- have God's blessing to all, to all these spells that we get involved, all these incantations. This, this one gal told her, she said, you're right where God wants you. She said, this is hard to understand. It seems weird like you're really in the natural, wouldn't seem like you are, but you are. You're right where God, God's telling a witch, you're right where you're supposed to be. Matter of fact, God tells me that you actually do your own type of worship. Now, it's a different type of worship than what we see in the church, but God's saying it's absolutely right in line with what he wants you to be doing. And she said, I've been writing these songs now for multiple years now with this new coven that I'm a part of, that we actually do these incantations to these songs. And this gal's telling her, you're writing the will of God, you're hearing from God, God's giving you these songs, they're different, they're weird, it's a different group you're singing them to, but you're writing the perfect will of God. I have a question for you, do you really think that prophecy was of God? This is not simple prophecy, by the way. This is a word of knowledge. It's not really. Not from God, it's not. You think God's going to endorse a witch doing witchcraft stuff? God says anybody involved in witchcraft? You listen? He hates. He absolutely hates. Not the person, the witchcraft. It's deceptive. It's misleading. Takes advantage of your life. Well, this woman was very accurate in what she said about her. Wow, golly, Gomer, God must have really been speaking to her. No. Who was speaking to her? A demon was, and the gal that was in the church didn't even know it. This church is filled with people like this. And I'm told there's nothing wrong with the church. Huh? Excuse me? She comes back a second time. They go through this healing thing, and then they come out in the sanctuary, and another gal comes up and prophesies almost the same thing. She said, God, I got another prophecy from God. Just like it was identical to the first one almost. Made me feel so good that I'm right where I need to be with God. Because I'm doing exactly what God really called me to do. That was two demons. Are you listening? Folks, you got to understand, God doesn't lead you that way. And he'll never lead you contrary to the word. There are, there are no Christian witches. What are you talking about that for? Because I will promise you, even though that's extreme, you've got to understand that's how dangerous it is to get out doing your own thing and try to get God to endorse it and bless it. It's a dangerous thing to do. I said it's a dangerous thing to do. Which will bring us to what we will start with tonight, understanding how to follow God. You ready? Two things. What are they? Word. Witness. Where do you start? The Word of God. None of what she said was in line with the Word. Totally contrary. So you very clearly know this ain't of God. And yet this church allows these things to go on. By the way, in this church, you're taught, should we, do we want to see the gifts of the Spirit manifestation? Yes. Didn't we just teach on this? Yes. But if it's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, guess what should happen with that? Should be, should be spoken before leadership. Yes. Right. What if they'd been taught that in that church? Well, if the pastor really knew what was going on, he would have said, what? This is a demon. Right. We, need to, we need to help this other gal here because she's listening to the wrong spirits. Right. Not kick her out of her church. 
No, not, not being mean to her. She thinks she, what she's doing is right. We need to help her understand this is the wrong spirit, darling. You're hearing from the wrong people. Wrong spirit, excuse me. Amen? I said amen? If that gal sincere wants to walk with God that gave those prophecies, I wouldn't kick them out. I'd sit them down and say, now if you'll submit and let us teach you and help you understand spiritual things, you'll realize this is a demon. This ain't God. Wouldn't you know the difference? Oh, no. In the book of Acts, Simon was doing all kinds of stuff, and the people thought it was actually the great work of God, and he was actually a sorcerer. No, Satan's a good deceiver. Sad to say it, but he's good at what he does. Are you listening? So Ephesians 1 again, verse 10 says, if you want to walk in the inheritance God has for you, anybody want to do that? That he predestined for your life. Anybody want to do that? What do you got to do? You got to walk according to the counsel of his will. You got to know what he's leading you to do. Got to know what he's wanting you to walk out in your life. If you don't, you'll miss out on your inheritance. Verse 12, that we then who first trusted in Christ should also be what? To the praise of his glory. When you walk out the will of God, guess what you do? You bring praise to God. You bring glory to God. Isn't that awesome? I said, isn't that awesome? Let me give you one real quick story. There'll be many more I'll share with you, but I'll give you one quick story where I miss God. Anybody ever miss God in here besides me? So here we are in a situation, Kathy and I, years ago, and I know I've told you about the building thing before. Uh, we were in a situation where I've always, I'd always wanted at that time, I'm pastoring, I've always wanted in, in, my, in my past life, a friend of mine had a 67 Camaro. Remember when they actually made cool cars? Yes. Not like not all cars there aren't cool, but nothing like that. And so I always wanted one, 67, 68, 69, somewhere in there, but I, I wanted an SS. Anybody know what an SS? Yeah. Super Sport. It's just some, you know, it's just some stripes on it, you know, and some different things make it look cool, make the car look cool. So I always wanted one. And so Kathy and I got in a situation said, you know, I really want to get one. And at the time, I had a dependable truck, newer vehicle, and I said, you know what, I'd really like to buy one. And if I get one, here's the cool part, no computer, none of this modern stuff, I know how to work on it. Air, uh, air fuel, fire. Those three things, if it don't run, I know it's one of those three things, and I know how to fix it. Because I've worked on those cars all my life growing up. But I could finally have a nice car to drive. So I started looking for one. Well, I found one, SS. Same color I wanted, black with white stripes. Same color, same color, same co- You missed what I said. I wanted. Same color, you have your plan. God has his. Thank you for your amends about that. God cares about every part of your life. Every part of your life. So I go look at it. Pastor happened to be in town. I take him with me. He drives it. I drove it. Man, we drove around stuff. Pretty cool car, man. The motor, the owner that now has it, he didn't rebuild it, but the previous owner did. He had all the receipts for all the parts of everything that had been rebuilt in the motor. And I'm just got air conditioning, nice little car, runs good, solid. I'm like, yeah. So I get to talking to the guy again. Well, his son wants my truck. And he's got a dealership where he can work this out where I could trade my truck in, get, basically give it to them as a down payment, and they'll recognize that much for my down payment, and I pay for the rest for the car, and I get the car. Guess what they had at the same time? He had another 68 Camaro that was actually candy apple red. They were fixing to paint it. It had a brand new crate motor. What's that mean? From the factory, nothing wrong. Brand spanking new motor they were putting in it. But guess what? That was three months down the road till it was done. No, I want the SS now. This is the color I want. And the motor's been rebuilt. This is the color I want. This is the color I want. Something told me I ought to wait for that other car. 
Now, now I want this car. It's been rebuilt. Man, he's got all the receipts. I'm good. I'm good. I said, well, let me go home and look at some stuff, and I'll call you back. So I called him back. And I said, okay, I want to do the deal. He said, great. Can you meet me at such such time at my office? Yep. So I showed up. I said, let me just take the car for a spin one more time. Okay. So I get in it. You know, now I'm by myself, and I'm driving the car. And as I'm driving the car by myself, driving down the road, I'm driving down 75, going up north, up past uh, uh, Dallas area, going up north. And guess what? The whole time's going on inside my inner man. I am so disrupted in my inner man. I am like just, only way I can describe it is like feeling nervous. But I thought, you know, that's probably just natural because I've been so used to having a dependable car, you know. And now I'm going back to an old car. But hey, I can work on it. I never think about it. So I can work on it. Praise the Lord. It's what I've always wanted. It's a good car. It's been rebuilt. Am I boring you? No. If I'm boring you, just go on to lunch. Don't bother me. Yes. So I take it back. And I tell the guy, okay, let's do the deal. So we sign the paperwork. I get the car. I'm driving home. Boy, big old smile on my face. Pete, of course, you know, you ever, you ever seen a 68 Camaro SS? Oh, yeah. Black with a white stripe? You know what's happening while I'm driving down the road, right? Everybody's looking at you honking. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah, how you doing? I'm going to get my car home. So I drive all the way from out by Sherman, all the way back home into Keller. The minute I turn the corner to go down the street to my, to my house, the thing starts backfiring to the carburetor. That ain't good, folks. I said, that ain't good. Amen. Oh, man, you got to be kidding me. I ain't got a home yet. I pulled into the driveway. I already knew one or two things that's burn a valve. Don't, don't worry about these terms. You don't understand them. That, which ain't good. That's really bad. You have to pull the heads off, rebuild it. Or uh, a rocker's come loose. Well, a rocker had come loose, which was not causing a valve to open. So it's backfiring instead of where it's supposed to go out through the exhaust. It's backfiring through the carburetor. So I called the guy up. I said, could you have it checked out? I, I mean, I just get it home. I ain't got it home. He said, yeah, we'll come get it. So he sent a wrecker. So he actually took care of that. It was. A rocker came loose. They had put all new rockers on it, fix it, send it back to me, no problem. But I only had it like maybe, I don't know, three, four, six months, something like that. And all of a sudden, things started getting hot after I drove it for a while. Checking everything out. Water pump's working. All that's working. I don't understand. Then I noticed my old pressure's dropping real low. I called Josh. I said, Josh, I know it's got to be an oil issue somewhere. But the pump seems to be working. When I first started, man, I got plenty of oil pressure. Then it drops down. He said, oh, Pastor, you probably got a cam bearing spun. I know what that means. Well, that sure ain't good. That means we got to tear the whole motor down. We're going to fix the motor. That's in the center of the motor. There's a bearing in there. This cam rides on. If that bearing turns, the little oil holes that are allowing the oil to get to the top of the engine aren't allowing the oil to get to the top of the engine anymore. When you first start the engine, oil's cold, it's really thick, so it'll push it through the other holes. But as it warms up, guess what happens? It won't get the oil to the top of the engine like it should, so it gets hot and overheats. Now I got a car that's overheating. I can't drive it more than 15, 20 minutes. Thankfully, at that time, I wasn't living that far from the church, but about, by the time I got to church, it's starting to get hot, and I had to shut it down. So I'm just driving it barely back and forth to work. Finally, I realized this thing's going to have to be torn apart, or I'm going to get another motor. And this juncture, man, I don't have time. I got, I got a car. I don't have time to tear it down and rebuild it. So I called Josh. I said, man, I know without a doubt I miss God. <laughs> Not because of those things, because of what I felt in my spirit the last time I drove it. Right. How many know the Holy Spirit knows everything about that motor in that car? Yeah. Right. How many know the Holy Spirit watched them while they were building it? Right. He's everywhere. He knows everything about everything. Amen? So I called Josh. I said, man, I'm just trying to bail myself out here to get in a dependable vehicle again. I'm about to buy a crate motor. I don't have the extra money, so I'm going to have to borrow some money to get that. Would you help me get it put in? Thank you, Josh. So I can get this new motor put in so I can put it up for sale, and I can sell it for more because I'll have a brand new motor in it, get my money back out. Yeah, I'll help you. I sold it within a couple of weeks. I said, thank you, Jesus, for mercy. 
Thank you for grace. I know none of you do this, but I do. I should have listened. I should have listened. Ladies and gentlemen, you better learn to listen to follow the word and the witness. God's trying to spare you trouble. God's trying to spare you headaches. Come on, somebody. Now, you wives, if your husband wants an old vehicle, don't be punching him saying, see, you don't need no old vehicle. You have problems like that. You don't know that. You don't know that God don't want him to have one. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you, you got to learn to follow the inward witness. Can I get a better amen than that? And thank God we can. Yes, we can. I said, thank God we can. Stand your feet. We pray that you are blessed by the message Pastor Baker shared with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to invite Pastor Baker as a guest speaker, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.